This is FastFirms.com, the end-to-end law firm marketing company providing comprehensive marketing services to the legal industry in Australia and the United States. Whether your firm needs a website, online marketing, print services, outdoor advertising, or even a mobile app, we can help. Reach out to us at FastFirms.com. In today's podcast, we're going to shift the rhythm. Today, it's a fireside chat between you and I, where I'm going to do my very best, at least, to distill a useful framework for you to integrate in marketing your firm. So at the outset, I just want to take you through what we are going to cover. I want to talk about why your law firm's website may not be working to the extent that you think it should be. And the next thing I want to talk about is what you should, of course, do about it. And I want to leave you with just a few crazy ideas that have been percolating in the back of my mind for some time. So what does effective marketing look like in 2015? And I think that the risk is that at the moment, for example, there's lots and lots of conversation about social media. So, you know, there's lots of people talking about LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you know, YouTube and Google Plus. And I fear that the risk in having lots of energy around social media platforms is that you can get sucked into their vortex and actually start to forget about your own website. Now, what I mean by that is if you take, for example, LinkedIn's new publishing platform. Now, I'm seeing a fair number of lawyers who are being quite prolific in using LinkedIn as their uh, their, their blog publishing platform. But then you actually go to their website where there is little or no content. So what it prompts in my mind is that by and large, we know that it's the law firm's website that is going to be the primary client acquisition platform. It won't necessarily be LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Now, that's not to say that you won't get clients through those um, social media profiles, but in our experience, the where it, you know the the rubber hits the road, or, or or where you know you cut the mustard, is on your own website. The other thing, or the other reason that you should be thinking about, you know, populating your own website with content is because you own it. And there's been some examples in recent times where, you know, people have built out significant social media profiles and and content, uh, most notably on Facebook. And then there's a update by Facebook, an algorithm update that has a significant impact upon who actually is going to see your content or the extent of your that your content is going to be seen by your audience. So I want to encourage you that to think about you know your own website. That if you are starting to publish on LinkedIn, that's great, but don't neglect the mothership, and that of course is your website. The other thing that uh, from a website point of view is, of course, on the 21st of April this month, Google is going to implement or instigate another major algorithm update. And it's going to have a significant 
major impact upon those websites that, that are out there, those law firm websites that are out there that aren't mobile responsive. So uh, as a matter of urgency, you really need to address this. If your mobile, uh, if, if your site isn't mobile, then you need to ensure that it is, preferably by the 21st of April. But if you can't do it in that time, then uh, certainly um, make it uh, at a time soon thereafter. Don't waste the opportunity, but in thinking about mobile, uh, you know, think about how your website, your current website, plays on a mobile device. And what I mean by that is that if your website at the moment isn't responsive, then think about not only how it can be, but also what does a mobile user want from your firm? So you need to start thinking about design, obviously, but you also need to start thinking about content hierarchy because we've got to keep in mind that you know the, the, the mobile experience is significantly differ, different to the desktop experience. So people will be diving into a mobile version of your website and diving out at a far higher rate or a quicker rate than what they would do uh, engage engaging with a desktop uh, equivalent. So you need to really upend uh, you know, the, the important content and obviously some strong calls to action on your mobile. So you know, in this in haste trying to get ready for the 21st of April, don't sort of neglect the opportunity of doing this really well and actually thinking more seriously about, you know, your firm's uh, design and content hierarchy generally. Um, it's, it's a good opportunity to look more broadly at it than just sort of making sure that your website is mobile compliant. What I'd like to begin with, and I think this is a great framework for you and your law firm, no matter where you are in your marketing efforts, be it online or bit offline. What I'm getting at is that we find that most law firms often embark upon their marketing endeavors without any form of strategy. So what we see often at this end is that law firms will invariably rush to get their website up. They'll rush to get you know guides put together and, and, and other auxiliary content. But they do it without ever thinking about what is the purpose of this content. So what are we asking people to do after they've read the content? Or what are we asking people to do when they come to our website? So lots of firms get lost in this because they actually don't ever start with a strategy. Now, in thinking of strategy, I think of one of the best ways uh, to, to anchor a discussion around strategy is to think about all your marketing endeavors as somewhat of a funnel. And what I mean by that is an inbound marketing funnel. So basically, if you go to, you know, I mean, lots of blogs on fastfirms.com and also danterms.net, you'll see that we often talk about the lead funnel approach to marketing. Now, you can get a copy of uh, the uh, the funnel or an infographic of the, of the funnel underneath this podcast. But by and large, what we're talking about is we're, we're talking about trying to encourage all those strangers that come to your website. So we'll just talk about web for a moment, but you can apply this to anything, any marketing touch point, be it print or otherwise. But in the case of your website, what we're asking people to do or what we're wanting people to do 
is to certainly come to our website, but we want to engage them with content at the outset that is client-centric. So this content needs to speak in the mind of the client and it needs to solve a client problem, okay? Lots of law firms, when they generate content, always get stuck in legal speak. They start writing for other lawyers. Well, we're not about trying to write content for other lawyers. We're writing content for people who are going through a a hard spot in their lives. And so therefore we need to craft the content for them that helps them solve a problem. The first thing to do in getting strangers down into this funnel to ultimately become clients of your firm is to nail that piece of content writing. It's so important and yet most firms just don't do this well. One great way you can do this is actually to write content with that starts with why, how, who, when or what. Just by using those tags in the title of your blog post or your guide or whatever the case might be will anchor you in thinking about solving problems for your potential client. The next thing that you do, of course, is that you start to craft content with the intent of taking the stranger to your website to a different place. So what I mean by that is that we just don't write content for content's sake. We write content to solve a problem, but then we encourage the reader to do something to actually take the next step. And the next step we're going to talk about in a moment. But keep this banging on in the back of your mind. And that is that not all strangers that come to your website will enter through your homepage. Now, lots and lots of law firms, you know, focus predominantly on how their homepage looks. So they make sure that the design aesthetics, the photos, you know, the images, etc., are all great and they make sure there's a little bit of a a pepper of content about who the firm is, and that's about it. So they focus a lot of energy on that, but they actually forget about the blog post that they wrote, you know, three to four weeks ago that may well be the first point that a potential client actually has with your law firm. So what I mean is that if somebody is, um, you know, Googling how to contest a will, they might find themselves on a blog post that you have written, you know, two and a half, three years ago. Now, of course, the quality of that content has to be great. But secondly, that content has to actually, you know, uplift or shoehorn that person into something else on your website as well. So we actually start to think about the client journey through your website to a point where ultimately we hope that they will actually become clients of your firm. So I mention this because at times we're, we're under pressure to write content, uh, and that's uh, you know a, a constant case for, 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 for busy law firms. You know, busy practitioners are, are busy doing client work. They don't necessarily have time to be writing content, and when they do write the content, they write it in haste and they write it without thinking about what do they want this person to do next. So keep that in mind. The other thing I want to mention is that, of course, not all strangers that come to your website are ready to engage. So often we'll hear from law firms and they'll say to us, look, you know, we've had five and a half thousand people on our website this month, but yet we've only converted, you know, 10 of them 
to become clients. So, you know, don't get lost in the, in, in the metrics too much. Not all strangers are ready to engage right there and then. They're not all going to sign client retainers with you right there and then. Lots of people are in this market. They're looking at you. They're looking at your competitors. They're looking at bios. They're trying to get a sense of, you know, who you really are and are you any better to uh, the competitors that, that you have in your marketplace. So, you know, the, the primary job of your website is to actually acknowledge that not all these people are ready to engage, but to actually have what we call lead magnets or magnets on your website that actually acknowledge that these people aren't ready, but that they may well be in the future and you have this opportunity through these lead magnets of starting to develop a relationship with them over a period that will strongly coerce them to becoming clients of your firm. We'll talk about that in a moment at a deeper level. The other thing I wanted to mention was that, of course, that not all strangers will behave in the same manner. So, you know, um, what one person does on your website won't necessarily be what uh, another person will will do. So, for example, I, I'm a strong uh, proponent or advocate of using podcasts uh, on law firm websites. Why? Well, because I think they're a great medium to uh, get across, uh, you know, quite complicated messages. Uh, secondly, I like them because when I interview lawyers on issues um, that are, uh, you know, both topical and legal, of course, it gives me an opportunity as the interviewer to deconstruct some of the legal speak that might come across. Thirdly, the reason why I like them, and this is probably the, the, the strongest reason, is that it starts to deconstruct or starts to unpack the uh, perception of who this lawyer is. So, you know, we know, for example, that when, you know, 95% of people go to a website, a law firm's website, that the content will always be static. It will always be written content. And we also know that many potential clients have a fear about seeing lawyers. You know, there's a, a, a fear about, you know, uh, particularly if they're, you know, socioeconomically uh, not well off, then there's uh, some hurdles that they cross in their, own mi- in their own mind about having to go to see a lawyer and then what, of course, what that looks like. So anything that you can do uh, that is different, that actually helps a person get a sense of who you are as a lawyer will help. Podcasts are great for this because people get to hear you and they get to engage with you and they get to like you. So it's not uncommon for somebody to actually listen to a podcast and go and walk away and go, oh, look, I like this guy or I like this girl or I like this woman because she's a straight shooter or she made sense or, you know, she sounds really nice. You know, those little uh, phrases that people will use in response to listening to a podcast work phenomenally well because covertly what's happening here is that you have actually started building a relationship with a potential client just by having an interview and that interview being contained in a podcast which is on your website. So I really love podcasts for those uh, for, for those reasons. Let's just talk a moment about the top of funnel engagement. Now, again, if you're trying to sort of, if you're listening to this podcast um, on your desk, then 
I suggest what you do is you open up the infographic underneath this podcast and just follow through with me uh, the uh, the framework that I'm um, I'm going to point to. If you, if you haven't got the benefit of having that desktop um, and you're listening to this in, in the car or where, wherever you may be, then uh, when you get a moment, certainly uh, dig out that um, infographic and uh, it, it'll help you sort of form a bit of a frame around uh, what we're talking about here. So look, top of funnel of engagement, as I mentioned at the outset, it's all about you know converting strangers to visitors. Okay, so what that is really about is is trying to give people good content. Now I don't want to harp on this, but the content's got to be client centric, and it's got to be content that solves a problem. And a great way of starting is to make sure that your content starts with you know who, what, why, when, how. Those phrases there will actually you know uh, tie you to writing content that is problem specific and seeks to solve a problem in the mind of the client so that's really a no-brainer you know you've got to be writing content that speaks not to your um your your fellow colleagues but to potential clients now what i really want to and this is where sort of you know the the, probably the the rubber hits the road the next part of the funnel is what we call mid funnel and for me, mid-funnel is where it gets, you know, really interesting. Mid-funnel is all about trying to get those people that have, who are visitors, so they're people that have read your content, they're people that are engaged with it, and we now want them to actually do something in return for something else that we're just going to give them. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is if you've written some great client-centric content that seeks to solve a problem for the client, then you don't want to give everything away in your blog post. You want to keep a little bit back. And why you want to keep something back is because consistent with what I said at the outset, we want this person now to do something that leads them down the funnel where we actually get to know something about them in return for them downloading a guide or something similar. So guides at mid-funnel work extraordinarily well. And, you know, it shouldn't come as a surprise to you that, you know, if you go on a number of websites, uh, particularly uh, those websites of, of law firm marketing people like myself or other marketing people generally, you know, even people like, you know, Tony Robbins or, uh, you know, um, Warren Buffett or, or, or others, the approach they use is very consistent with what I'm saying here. You're writing content that's client-centric, you're holding a bit back and you're encouraging the person to download a guide to find out more. Guides are really useful because what you get in return is an email address of the person who downloads a guide, which allows you then to do some follow-up. So if you're writing a guide on you know, how to contest a will, then it's logical that the downloadable guide that you might have on offer might be called the definitive guide to contesting a will. So in part, you've answered the question in your blog post about, you know, how to contest a will, but your definitive guide that, you know, might be 10 pages of content goes to the next level of giving this potential client significantly more than what your blog post offers. So guides are 
tremendous in that respect. What then happens, and this is what we call, you know, bottom of the funnel, is is now your job to then follow up with this potential client. Now, a lot of this can be actually automated. So what I mean by that is that once a person downloads a guide, you've actually got to start... um, you know, an engagement process. So you need to actually have contact with this potential client, uh, you know, in various ways. The best way to do this is three to five days after a person has downloaded the guide, have an email. This can be automated if you wish, or it can actually can actually come from somebody within the firm, preferably you know a partner of uh, the practice, you know, specific practice area that the the guide um, belongs to. And that email might say something like, you know, hi, John, I've noticed that you've downloaded our, our you know, our, um, our contestant will guide or a family law guide. Uh, I hope you find it useful. Should you have any questions that emanate from the guide, then please do not hesitate contacting me personally. Uh, here are my contact details. So that's the first iteration, I suppose, the first contact that you would have or an example of the contact that you would have flowing a download. The subsequent email might occur five days after that. And it might be an email framed like, Hi John, I noticed that you downloaded our, uh, our separation guide. Uh, hope, it was found it, hope you found it useful. We have just published a subsequent guide or a follow-up guide. It's called the Family Law Guide for Children. Again, we hope you find this useful. If you've got any questions, then please contact me. So what you're starting to do is you're actually starting to develop a relationship and you're not asking for anything in return. You're just all about giving. And, you know, in many respects, that should be the whole uh, the whole method or the philosophy behind uh, your marketing strategy more broadly. It's about giving people great content that solves a problem, that seeks to solve a problem, and helping them through the journey along the way in anticipation, because you've gone out of your way to help them, that they will, you know, return and become clients of your firm. After that second email, you might then send another one. You might not. You actually, if you haven't had a response, then you might say, okay, well, I'll drop that lead into a monthly uh, automated list that keeps this person engaged with, um, you know, what, what, you know, some useful other useful information uh, from our firm. Importantly, it's it's not a wise idea to drop this lead into your generic or general email list. So, you know, we know that this person is a targeted lead. You know, they've come via a download that might relate to a specific practice area. So, therefore, make sure that your email database is Um, preoccupied with that type of subject matter so therefore that person after they've um, after you've contacted them on two occasions they fall into uh, your segmented uh, list or database of people of potential uh, you know family law clients and you make sure that the content that they get from that point onwards is always relevant content to that practice area and it's always content that is help you know seeks to help them the other thing uh, that you know you can do should you wish um, which is a, a whole different conversation is about having 
a CRM or a customer resource management system in place. Now, there's a number of these out there on the marketplace. We're strong uh, proponents or strong supporters of the CRM called HubSpot. And the amount of data or metrics that you can actually get from a CRM is phenomenal. So what I mean by that is when a person downloads the guide uh, and comes back to your website on numerous occasions since, you're actually able to see uh, in a really good detail where that person is going on their website, how often they're coming back, etc. So then you can actually start, if you wish, to frame your content specific to what they're doing on your website. You can even go to the extent, and I'm not suggesting this, but I know that some companies outside the law space do this, they'll actually start to frame uh, the whole website to suit that individual person. So for example, if I go to a law firm website and they had a, a, a robust CRM in place like HubSpot, then they're actually able to, via the CRM, frame the whole website to me so it can actually engage with me personally um, you know can even go to the extent of saying you know hi Dan welcome back to uh, the Smith Lawyers website uh, we noticed you've been here before here's some useful articles that you know we've, we've written recently that might be of interest to you based upon you know the previous um, uh, occasions uh, that, that you've had with our uh, our website or with our law firm, so you can get really quite granular about you know that that sort of interaction. But as I say, that's a whole different conversation. So just on the the downloader engagement, I, I I strongly encourage you to be thinking about you know doing downloadable guides on for every practice area you've got within your law firm. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, why would we just use downloadable guides? Why wouldn't we actually say, well, you know, download a podcast or download a webinar or come to a webinar or, you know, join our seminar or whatever the case might be? What we find is that those lead magnets are really, really useful, but they're useful down the track. So, for example, you know, if you've had somebody download a family law guide and then you've sent, you know, a subsequent uh, children's guide to family law, then, you know, your contact with that person over a period of emails may progress to a point where you invite them to be a part of a webinar or a seminar, whatever the case might be. But we find that that type of engagement is much more deep level uh, activity. So in other words, if you're um, running webinars or if you're advertising webinars when you're on your law firm's website and you're scratching your head and you're wondering why people won't engage with it, well, that's probably the reason. It's probably because it's far too deep uh, for people to be engaging with. So it's, it's um, you know, you're wanting to have guides and, and other sort of you know, more easy, accessible content at that level rather than, you know, trying to bog people down with, um, with, with a webinar where there's obviously much more involvement required on their part. So uh, there, I suppose, are a, a number of ideas, if you like, about you know how you should think about your marketing. Again, no matter what the marketing touch point is, you know, always be thinking, what's the strategy behind this? If we are writing a blog post, what do we want this person to do? What problem are we trying to solve? Where do we want them to go next? 
there's lots of ways that you can you can do this I've mentioned some of them uh, you know another example that we ran for a firm recently which works phenomenally well is leading people to where you actually want them to go next on your website so for example on this uh, commercial law firm uh, we would trigger people towards a particular page and then at the bottom of that page, at the bottom of the content, we had this uh, integrated this uh, functionality that says, you know, we think you should go here next or what to read next. So therefore, you actually start to take the user on a pathway where you want them to go as opposed to where they want to go. So once you get them going to where you want to go, then obviously uh, your conversions are going to be ultimately better because um, you're uh, steering the car, so to speak, and, and they're in the back seat. Um, so there's lots of things that you can do to actually improve uh, conversions uh, generally through your website. But the starting point, of course, is to have a strategy. Now, um, the other thing I just wanted to mention in closing is just a couple of crazy ideas. And, and what I mean by that is I am a great fan of the work of W. Chan Kim. And W. Chan Kim, if you don't know him, uh, wrote, a book, wrote a book, I should say, called Blue Ocean Strategy. And the whole premise of Blue Ocean Strategy was that there was, you know, two types of businesses. And contextually, we're talking about law firms. So there's two types of law firms. There's one that, you know, defend their current position or their perspective. And there's those others that innovate and pursue new opportunities. So the ones that defend their current position are all about, you know, they compete in the existing marketplace. It's all about trying to beat the competition, exploit existing demand, you know, make the value cost trade-offs. And so they get locked in this, um, you know, this, this red ocean where they're trying to just continually compete against each other with the things that they know best. So it's about price, it's about, you know, um, uh, it's, it's about, uh, you know, fixed legal fees. It's, 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 it's all framed around what most law firms are doing. And then, in contrast, you'll get firms who see things differently. And I think there's a great example of this. So the, the Australian law firm Slater & Gordon, who, of course, have recently entered into the UK market, the UK personal injury market, and their entry into that market came at a time where, you know, a lot of the UK firms were completely reliant upon acquiring their work from claim farms. So in other words, you know, uh, claims uh, people or claims companies uh, spread throughout the country who would essentially go out and uh, advertise their services in hope that they would get personal injury clients through the door. And they would then just simply uh, onboard those clients to uh, the firms who were, you know, a part of their referral network. The net result of all that for the law firm was the fact that they lacked any brand work that they had done themselves. So in other words, they were largely empty vessels. They were sort of firms that, you know, could neglect their own brand proposition because they actually didn't have to worry too much about it because all their work was coming from these claim farms. So enter Slater and Gordon into the market who had this strong brand value and you know subsequently that they are now the uh, largest uh, provider of personal injury services uh, personal injury law services in, in the UK market so it was a, a, a blue ocean strategy move on the part of that firm and there's you know a bunch of other examples uh, as well of um, some smart and creative and innovative firms that have seen the space differently um, I really think that uh, some of the crazy ideas for me at the moment, the, the things that are banging on my mind, 
uh, firms that are coming into the marketplace thinking mobile first. So there's some examples of, of not so much you know traditional law firms, but there's some startups that are going well. You know, let's look at my mobile only. Let's actually let's not enter the the the, the marketplace with a, a, a you know desktop legacy product let's think that you know potentially 55 60 percent of the target market that where we're chasing will be on their mobile phone now an example of this is uh, shake legal of, of course some of you would, would know what they do but shake are really interesting in that they've come to the marketplace with a mobile only response to the need of uh, startup businesses and other types of businesses who want to execute documents online. Now, the great thing about Shake, of course, is there's just a plethora of uh, documents that you can get off uh, their mobile app, but you're able to amend those documents, and then, of course, you're able to sign them with with your finger and then email uh, them across to whoever the recipients of that agreement will be. So I just think that there's a, going to be a lot of... Um, um, a, a lot of movement in this mobile-only space over the next couple of years. Just by way of example, we're working with a firm at the moment who is uh, looking to come into the market, and uh, you know what we're working on at the moment is a, a mobile-only uh, solution uh, in and around personal injury law. I won't, I won't say any more than that, but um, you know we consistently see right across all the law firms that we look after high usage of mobile. You know in some respects, uh, it's up as high as 65, 70%, depending on the cohort of people that uh, the firm, you know, looks after or, or has a relationship with or whatever their practice area might be. So uh, increasingly, we know that people are using mobile and it's really not a far-fetched uh, scenario to be thinking mobile first and then desktop second. Uh, in the accounting industry, of course, there's a number of uh, businesses that are doing this. You know, Mint in the US uh, ha- has done this. In Australia, Zero uh, is a, uh, a, a company that came into the market without uh, a desktop product that came with uh, you know a, a mobile focused uh, campaign and consequently um, they've now got a market share of that that whole uh, that whole space so mobile I think is going to be significantly important when you're thinking about you know how to position your law firm in the future the other thing I wanted to mention was I am taken by you know law firms who are well, A, they're big on content publishing, and two, they look at the more broader, uh, the broader issues of why a client comes to see them. So I'll give you an example. Uh, we know that when you know a, a couple becomes separated and they've got children, that there's a multitude of issues and multitude of questions that are popping in their mind, you know, during their sleepless nights. Now, law firms invariably will think or try and sort of taper it to a legal piece. Okay, so they'll 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 try and and and, and resolve these issues by using the instruments they know, and that is, you know, well, what, you know, we we need a divorce. We need to be thinking about property property settlement. We need to be talking about, you know, um, uh, you know, what happens with the children, etc. So, you know, they departmentalize what's going on for this person insofar as it relates to legal service delivery. 
And I see that there's an opportunity for law firms who are courageous enough to think more broadly about this space. So in other words, why can't law firms, you know, be creating a cathartic, holistic response online to the multitude of questions that these people have who are going through difficult times with, uh, you know, marital disputes and, and what have you. So, for example, why isn't there, you know, more content that might relate to, you know, how to get your children through separation and divorce uh, in, in, in a better way? Or, um, you know, what 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 should I do? How, how should I cope personally or at an emotional level with uh, undergoing um, divorce? You know, so the conversation becomes a much broader conversation than just those legal aspects or those legal parts that lawyers, you know, uh, are trained and uh, are paid to take care of. So there is a, a magazine in, in Australia called The Collective um, its uh, editor is a, a lady by the name of Lisa Messenger. And, you know, I, I love the work of Lisa's in that there you go, you, you know, you buy a collective magazine and, and trying to pinpoint what collective is about is difficult because there's just there's this whole range of different content that relates to sort of different stuff. But ultimately, it, it you know, the underlying theme to this is about, you know, living a healthier uh, more emotionally stable uh, and a happier life. I mean, that's probably what the whole you know methodology behind uh, the collective magazine is all about. So, you know, I see that there's an opportunity for a you know an innovative, creative firm to jump into this space and say, yes, we just don't want to be a firm that's about problem solving. We actually want to be a proactive firm that actually helps empower people to get back on their lives after something traumatic has happened to them. And we're going to do that by giving this web platform or this website great content that is actually outside the sphere of law but will actually add value to their lives. I, I really think that that's the exciting, um, you know, the exciting opportunity for, for law firms that are prepared to take that challenge on. The other thing I, I should mention is I, I think that personal branding particularly is becoming ever increasingly important um you know social media is encouraging a lot of the i am type of brands so in other words you know social media tends to be a bit linkedin bit bit anything else it's all about you know publishing our 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 opinions and publishing you know what we think so it's all it's it's very me sort of centric so uh touching on with what i mentioned at the outset about you know the risks of you know building out your social media profile and neglecting your own website, I think that there's opportunities for firms, for practitioners within firms, start to embellish and create and, uh, you know, engender their own personal brand. And, you know, I mean, there's numerous ways, you know, you can do that. And I think there's some great examples out there of lawyers who, who do this really well. But, you know, blogging often on your own website uh, can be a great way of actually, you know, um, letting people know a little bit more about you personally. And if your firm allows it, and it's part of the sort of, you know, the the firm's branding strategy, then, you know, opening up your own bio to commentary about who you are, the things you like, and even the sharing of, you know, sort of personal experiences, within reason, of course. But um, I, I also see that that's just a, 
you know, a natural progression in many respects to what you may well be doing on LinkedIn and other social media profiles at the moment. But, you know, the, the covertly what you know, having your own personal brand out there, um, you know, contained on, on, a, on your own website or your own bio is that you start driving people back to it where they get a better sense of who you are as a person, as a lawyer, etc. And you can actually, you know, attach or bolt on lots of other useful things like podcasts that you've, you know, done or videos, etc. So you actually start to build out this whole sort of, um, you know, personal brand presence uh, around who you are as a practitioner and as a person. Let me recap in closing. So your firm has this 21st of April 2015 date that it really can't ignore, particularly if your law firm's website isn't responsive. But use this time as a catalyst to rethink your firm's online presence and think a lot about content and design hierarchy for the mobile user. So I suppose what I'm saying is don't waste the opportunity of getting ready for the 21st of April. And if you're not going to get ready by the 21st, you know, at a later date, um, then make sure that you actually, you know, do spend some time really trying to recalibrate your thinking around how well does your website come across to a potential client, both uh, mobile-wise and also both from a desktop as well. So think a lot about, you know, the content and design hierarchy hierarchy. In thinking more broadly about your firm's marketing, the inbound marketing methodology that I mentioned at the outset of framing your marketing in a sequence of funnel segments is a great place to start. So, for example, what does your law firm do now to attract potential clients? Are you engaging them with client-centric content that seeks to help them solve a problem? And are you leading them to other useful content that builds upon that experience? And do you have then something, you know, that offers so much more, you know, for example, in the shape of a downloadable guide? Following which, what is your follow-up sequence? So how do you actually now, you know, stay in touch or re-engage with this person who's downloaded something? What ancillary content can you offer this person that A, is great and useful information, but B, helps start to develop an engagement sequence with this person that deepens as a consequence of your contact with them, you know, during this sort of phase. So what that's really about is, you know, having uh, this sequence that plays out after they download something that is really uh, as much about giving them great content, but it's also giving them a sense of who you are as a person, as a lawyer, but also a more broader sense about, you know, who and what your law firm is. So, uh, you know, a, a, a broader or a much better idea about your firm more generally. And lastly, I, I left you with some not so crazy ideas that largely emanate from thinking more openly and creatively about your firm's role in creating a holistic experience for potential clients that just doesn't get stuck in a law-focused monologue, but looks more broadly at the full experience of this potential client and what content you can then augment to help them in multiple ways get on with their lives. And I really see that space as being, you know, wide open for those law firms that um, are going to be innovative uh, and client-focused enough to jump in there. I hope today's podcast was useful. If I can help in any way, please reach out to me at dantoombs at fastfirms.com. And of course, you can find me at uh, fastfirms.com and also uh, at dantoombs.net. And of course, next week, we'll be back with another special guest. But until then, stay safe. And thanks again for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If your law firm needs help with a website, online marketing, print services, outdoor advertising, or even a mobile app, 
we can help. We are a leading law firm marketing company providing a one-stop shop for all your marketing needs. Reach out to us at fastfirms.com.